Yeah. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. Hello, hello everyone. <laughs> and welcome to the You Don't Look Like an Engineer podcast. Yes, that's right. Sohan and I are back. Um, and in today's episode, we actually won't have any guests. And we are going to talk about a topic that we are both passionate about. Um, Sohan read this amazing book and got inspired and thought of sharing this incredible knowledge. This is a good ad- highlight. Um, yeah, we're just back with our segments where we share things, you know, that we're so keen to learn about and share with everyone. Because, you know, if you've been listening, you know, Lau and I are super interested in uh, personal development, professional development. And that's, you know, some, something that keeps us awake at night. Yeah. Or rising early in the morning, though. whichever yeah, one. Yeah. And wanna... it's a good thing. It is very important to self-reflect and see what things we can improve. And um, there's so many professionals out there sharing the knowledge and how they have implemented systems to enhance performance in a personal life and professional one. So we thought today's subject was going to help us do that. <laughs> but before that, before we get started, we are back with our segment of the STEM Femme uh, of the week. And it's one of our most important, um, I guess, segments because we highlight um, key people and especially females that without them, we wouldn't be where we are today. With exactly. Exactly. Not just from a female perspective, but like our development and also, yeah. Technology. But also it's a way to break, like, I guess the um, unconscious stereotype, like we, we talked about in the very first episode where people just associate, you know, scientists or engineers with like a male figure. So yeah, it's our exactly. way to kind of rewire that by showing you um, like these badass women who've been at it since like 1800s. So we're not new to this, you know, like. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. So in today's episode, we have... Marie Curie, and I hope I'm not butchering her name. So Marie Curie was born Polish, but she lived most of her life in France where she studied and, you know, conducted a lot of her research. But she was a physicist and chemist and pretty much her talent for all of this started from a young age, which, you know, we keep talking about how it's cultivated from a young age, nature, nurture, and her father essentially instilled it into her, an interest in math and physics. And then... Yeah, yeah. She worked uh, part-time while trying to fit university into that. Um, The funny thing um, that we see as a pattern in all these females back in the day is that, I don't think it's funny, but I'm just going to call it that way, (laughs) Um, is that she tried to attend university um, in Poland and she wasn't admitted because she was a woman. Um, Her brother was at the university she wanted to go and because she wasn't admitted to this particular university, she actually had to sort of like look for a plan B and migrate to Paris, um, where she actually was able to start her studies. Um, she decided to do her thesis on radiation, and she was actually one of the scientists that discovered radioactivity. So... And she also, I'm pretty sure, with her husband, um, were able to discover polonium, is it? Or uranium? Yeah. Along with Both. another guy called that, that guy, um, Henri Becquerel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Becquerel, Pierre and Murray were key people in, I guess, the discovery of radiation and 
these two periodic table uh, elements. The interesting thing is, and this is why she's our favorite one, is because not only she is the only person that has been awarded with two Nobel Prizes for being a physicist and also a chemist, but also when she was awarded, uh, actually she wouldn't have been able to get this award at first if it wasn't because of her husband. You can say that he was the essentially, male and that is like such a big highlight. Like not in the sense that he helped her, you know, intellectually, but he was such a male ally, which we keep talking about and we keep coming back to, and that is his biggest contribution um, to that statement. Like we're not saying that his brain was more or whatever. Like, but he was so ahead of his time that when they were giving out the Nobel Prize, they were not they were not intending it to give to give it to Marie herself. They were just going to give it to her husband. And he, I think he pretty much said, I'm not going to take it if it's not mm-hmm. given to her. Right. Yeah, that's right. She, what a legend. Um, yeah, yeah. He actually opposed to having the recognition until, um, his wife was involved in the whole, I guess, um, award process. And it's also and really recognition. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's also really sad to see how, um, the prize was essentially, um, yeah, having the award, but also it was a monetary contribution to these people. And Becquerel actually mm-hmm. was giving the full amount of money that they were going to give them. Uh, but then Pierre had to share that with his wife. Yeah, so essentially is- Becquerel got two-thirds. <laughs> yeah, which goes to say yeah. that um, they were a little bit exclusive and instead of promoting dismissed a woman even yes. being there like it was only two people in the team in their eyes yes essentially exactly crazy but marie yeah. went on to win two nobel prizes and i think she's still the only standing person to have done that correct me if i'm wrong please somebody no, no, no. Do message that's us right. yeah. that's right it's pretty much one of the only um scientists yeah. and unfortunately chemists. all that work on radiation you know it takes a toll and she caught radiation sickness and she mm-hmm. died at the age of 66 and her books are actually still so radioactive that they had to be stored in lead boxes and so it's kind of fitting that her scientific legacy is literally untouchable yeah that's right it's such a beautiful <laughs> story ah oh, anyway on today's episode, <laughs> we want to talk about something that is so important and I guess this means at many occasions, as you know, and as you can read the name of this episode, um, it's about grit. Yeah. And I want to ask you, Sohan, what do you think grit is and do you implement it in your personal life? Okay, so wait, I'll answer that a little bit before I sort of read mm-hmm. about it and now that I know more about it in two ways um the first part i think the only thing i really knew about grit was like it was toughness and i Mm -hmm. think that sort of comes from the whole narrative where um i this could just be my personal um experience but like i only ever heard of gritty people like in like the army or like something really like you know physically tough and that was sort of what i associated it with but now that i've come to learn what grit is and how it's probably attributed to be one of the main um, characteristics of any successful person take take um, any name that you will you will find them to score very high on what we'll call a grit scale and we'll probably quiz everyone on that later <laughs> um, yeah so that's pretty much my understanding of uh, grit it is a human characteristic that differentiates um, 
a fair few people, but it's based on basically a combination of passion, um, not in the sense that we usually talk about passion, but we'll get into that. And perseverance, pretty passion. much. <laughs> <laughs> not the one that yeah, Colombians like are that. very famous for. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, essentially, Sohan yeah. read this book, as I said earlier, and she was like, wow, like, have you actually heard about greed? And I actually hadn't. And um, I actually didn't think too much of the word greedy. But it is amazing to see that, yes, greed is a combination of passion and perseverance. So what does passion stand for in this scenario? No, it stands for, but what, it, what does it mean? And I think it's just a deep, enduring knowledge of what you want. Yeah, and, it's essentially putting in the time to get deep domain expertise about something. Liking yeah. something to the point where you want to keep at it for like 20, 30 years, you know, and, and learn the ins and outs and not just have like a high level understanding, which, yeah. you know, most people go about doing. Yeah, myself yeah that's right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm proud of this. Um, and I guess perseverance is actually understanding how much it takes to get to a point in your life, like how much yeah. hard work and resilience and just um i guess dedication and discipline it gets to get to that level so a lot of people have heard about i don't know in like the friend group or in the university cohort there's always like a few people or a person that sort of like isolates themselves and prioritizes their career development Mm. and works so hard about like on this that this person perhaps doesn't um, balance like his friendships or other things. So I would say that that's someone that is really disciplined and dedicated or like in the sports industry um, when like players actually say no to any social events or even like sacrifice. I'm going to say sacrifice, but yes, their life and the first years of their lives to live a completely different, um, I guess, routine and yeah. Yeah, because saying yes to something is saying no to so many other things. So essentially, yeah. What I love, and I think what we love, sorry, if I can say so much about grit is that it's not necessarily innate. You know, like people talk about, oh, talent, talent. so talent, 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 and it's innate. But honestly, um, talent only gets you so far. And grit, from what I can understand of it and what we can see successful people doing, grit takes you way further. So yeah. talent doesn't make you gritty. Talent can actually, like if you're um, instilled with enough compliments growing up that, oh, you're so talented, you're so good at things, it can actually make you complacent and it can actually make you less gritty. Yeah. So wow. grit, yeah, essentially. And grit is something you can build on with time. The more you understand, the more you work on, you can get grittier, which is why it's like it's not reserved for a few. It's mm. for everyone. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually find that that's actually the most important thing about the whole grid um I say I, I'm gonna say mindset because I feel like it's something that it's a way of thinking right um so I think it gives people hope um and it, it helps them understand that even if they weren't born with a talent or like mm-hmm. a skill innate skill they can cultivate this and eventually become really good at it so exactly. we see that on the STEM sort of like industry 
I have shared this story so many times in previous episodes about how I was told that I wasn't really good at math and that was sort of like something that I thought I had to have a talent for, right? But in reality, coming to the industry and just going to university and classes, something that I can continue to develop and I don't necessarily have to be born with the talent of being mathematically, um, I guess... Inclined? Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. it's something that I can develop. And the more I practice it, the more I'm going to be good at it. And mm-hmm. as you have shared in previous episodes as well, like it's just a matter of practice makes perfect, right, in something so precise as mathematics. And we can take that into other aspects in our lives. Like, for example, when we go to the gym and we really want to work on our like the posture of certain exercises Mm. it's not about going there once and thinking that you we have it all figured out it's about going there and realizing that it takes hard work to master and continuous uh, work yeah yes and i think i'd just like to reiterate or just clarify practice makes improvement Perfection doesn't exist. <laughs> wow, so, so yeah. inspiring. And it's such a, such a good I'm highlight. Because, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a good highlight because I feel like we are all so focused on being perfect that we mm. realize that we don't realize that it's not attainable and it's actually a recipe for self, like, frustration. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Anyway, I really like what you said about the fact that without grit, talent maybe nothing more than unmet potential i think that's really really valuable and yeah yeah if you don't apply grit essentially you're it's like you're not um unlocking all the potential that you you have possibly solely based on talent yeah and i think like we can see that on singers and artists like they might have the talent of singing and playing instruments but if they just stay at home and don't chase those opportunities or put the hard work into creating innovative content that is catchy out there like they're probably not going to be successful in these competitive industries yeah so with all that excitement about grit (laughs) yes what can you do yeah so (laughs) you guys must be wondering yeah so it's it's no secret um it's all it does say it a lot in the name that it is uh, a mix of perseverance and interest and essentially it's about connecting your future self to meet all these goals that you want to set up you know yes that's <laughs> right stop thinking about the immediate gratification and think oh, about yeah. the long-term goals that you have and try to make i love this quote that says like um i think it's um it's like manifest your, sh- your future sh- uh, manifest your future <laughs> self and then show up and it's such a like it's just so true like if you think about something that you want to become you have to start acting and thinking like that person yeah this is not gonna happen and you're gonna be but on that route when you're acting like that person or you're working towards some goals like i i'm sure a lot of people relate that there are two main voices in their head one that's like loud and impulsive and it's saying like let's do like something really quickly oh yeah go me no and the other one is quiet thoughtful and it, it thinks more long term you know ability to practice the prefrontal cortex of your brain my darlings look at you <laughs> <laughs> neuroscientist yeah. here in the room 
Just big impact. <laughs> and like Laura was saying, you know, immediate grat gratification is such a big driver. So we usually do what feels good in the moment because, you know, we get immediate rewards and it feels great. Um, but however, that is no bueno, essentially, any yeah, but it's also like a, a, we do that because it's, it's, harder to do long-term things because they yes. feel so abstract and, and you can't see and feel and touch the reward. So yes. it's like less uh, motivating in a sense. Yes, that's right. And yeah. it's painful. And as we all know, we choose less pain, if that makes sense. Yes. So the immediate gratification of eating the cake is easier to handle than actually going to, I guess, the kitchen and saying, no, I wanted sugar and I'll focus on <laughs> You know, if we immediately gain the pounds or like the kilograms uh, of the chocolate. Or, oh, or that would be so different. Sweets, Holy like, shit. That would be very, very different. Or if we saw the diseases that we could gain, right? It would be mm. completely different. But I think like when it comes to this immediate gratification and developing that frontal cortex layer in your brain, I'm going to say that because I actually don't know how to communicate this <laughs> any better. <laughs> but we need to focus on a few things and I yep. think the first one that we have been mentioning here and there is practice <laughs> so we have to become disciplined and I guess we have to cultivate perseverance like we really a bit have in to... a growth mind growth growth um mindset sort of way so like you know rewiring how you look at failure um mm. rewiring how you take feedback essentially so yeah. like seen a very cool um acronym recently that said like fail can be looked at first attempt in learning yeah and it's yeah. so true because exactly i think we have to separate ourselves and our value from the feedback we are given and also from the mistakes we make because yeah. we said we're not perfect humans. And, and use it exactly to to hone in on the skills you're looking for. Yeah. So not just practice, just practice, practice, practice aimlessly doing like I'll get better, I'll get better. Um, a huge part of grit is practicing like in a way that if you picture like a, a master carpenter or stonemason like chipping away to make that little, that statue that is like, Someone like, say, Da Vinci um, carving away at stone to make some crazy sculpture, right? It takes mm. chipping away at little, little pieces until finally you see the, the, the statue that you're looking for. So basically, that's the kind of practice we're talking about. Essentially, deliberate practice and dedicated practice. Um, for example... I think a lot of what Angela Duxworth talks about in the book is examples of people like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan who would um, record their practice sessions or games to be able to look at little mistakes or little uh, things that they could improve on. And they would keep practicing not until they got that move right. They would keep practicing until they could not get it wrong anymore. You know, it becomes um, uh, who's the guy who wrote about Atomic Habits? uh james james clear yeah yeah james clear sorry <laughs> so as james clear talks about in atomic habits it's about wiring a certain action or something until it becomes second nature you know it yeah. becomes a habit so like breathing guys <laughs> essentially <laughs> second nature yeah and it's yeah. essentially like developing those neuro circuits in our brain but yes. i think i really like that example of kobe bryant and in, I guess, the sport 
um, industry, we can see that really clear as in like how you would go and like record yourself. If you're a dancer, you would record yourself to really be self-critic and be like, okay, this is what I can improve. In our industry, however, I feel like it is essential to have someone else to check out work because we can't really, like, at least with the role that I do, like drafting, for example, or like design, you are used to looking at certain things so often that if you don't give it to someone else, you won't pick up your own mistakes. And I think it's really important that, about what you said earlier, about having a good attitude towards feedback and failure. Because when people pick up the mistakes or the ways you write in a technical report, for example, and if they tell you, oh, like, this is probably not the best way of doing it or this is how we do it, that's it's important to separate, again, yourself from the equation and be like okay I'm gonna take this to you so I can improve this and become better at report writing or I'm gonna become better uh, at paying more attention to the drawings or whatever it is because otherwise we probably won't know what we're doing wrong and how it should look like I'll give another example when I was learning English for example um my brother the way I practice for my IELTS test, for my writing IELTS test, was by writing the essays. And I did it like pretty much every day. And I would write like three different essays every bloody day. And I wouldn't be able to pick up the mistakes that I made. Or to me, the writing would be spot on, I would Mm. say. But if it wasn't until someone else looked at it and suggested better ways I could communicate my ideas through this text that I understood and learned how to do things so yes practice does help you but it's about the smart practice how you said what was it called deliberate practice deliberate practice smart practice (laughs) (laughs) i like that (laughs) yeah because otherwise we'll be like doing and doing and then and not making improvement exactly exactly so you do need a coach or a a, a manager or someone you know a mentor Exactly. That's the word. But I love that you talked about, you know, your writing of the essays and um, this procedure that you went through for the um, IELTS. Sorry, just give me a second. Fuck, I think my filter's breaking. Anyway. Oh, mine is so broken. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because it's not in the box, hey? I think it's because I put it in a suitcase and I traveled with it to Colombia thinking that I was going to record any. And it didn't. We all know how that went. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, you talked about this because essentially in your head, you you had uh, something that you were working towards. You had a goal. Yeah, I had a purpose. A, yeah. You know, well, no, I picture. had a goal. I had a goal yeah. that was linked to my purpose. So we yeah. have little goals and that eventually, essentially, that essentially I link or align with a bigger thing, right? Because we can all have goals. And if these are in a line to a bigger thing, to a bigger why, to a bigger purpose, we're not going to do that. Like we're not going to actually do it. on a hamster wheel also. Yes. It's like going nowhere or we're going to achieve the things, but we're not going to feel anything after we achieve them. Like we're just Mm going to continue like. Because there's so much study coming out that a huge part of, um, 
the issue with, you know, modern day depression is a lack of purpose, you know, and that's essentially idea number two for grit <laughs> is, uh, so yeah, practice is the first one, but having a purpose, having a why uh, in, and not a like, why do I want to do this? Because I need the next pay rise. Not that a long-term why, you know, something that is you're able to hold on to as a vision of yourself or something, you know, that you can keep coming back to yeah, and makes you want to right. keep learning and be better at something. Yeah. yeah. And that is truly linked with those values, mm-hmm. what you actually are interested in and what you're going to be like value valuing or what you're going to value uh, for a long time. Because yep. if you're just aiming for the pay rise, once you get it, oh, I don't know. Not gonna Tricky say one. Sorry, I touched on that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we can come up with a better example. But it's like I love the way that it's worded in the book is that it's not um, – you know how people say, oh, finding your purpose. Like the way I thought of it, it's like one day something will just click. Like maybe lightning will hit you and then you'll suddenly realize what you were put on this planet for. But I'm that's so not- happy that you said that. Okay. No, Explain I'm actually why. happy. Because it's not like that. And I yes, agree with good. you. Okay. <laughs> it's not like that at all. It's, it's not, not that you are – and this is when – a lot of people that like are truly believers of destiny. I am be- like I do believe I in do destiny as well. and yeah. I do believe in the universe and the energies and I'm religious. But I do think that outside of that you have to find your own purpose yourself. Mm. Like you can't just stay sitting down hoping that the light hits you and But it's you, also like-, like understanding the the why behind any day to day something that you do. Like I had such a good chat with my boss today and he was explaining how um over the last few, I suppose, years, he's been looking at like a bigger picture in like, because what I do is like, you know, flood modeling where we're like looking to minimize impacts on um, very detailed water levels of, you know, from impacts. I mean, from infrastructure projects. And uh, something that clicked for him is that, you know, we were making these projects from taxpayers' money, money you and I, you know, contribute to this economy. And sometimes what happens is we're, we, we're so so conservative in the way that we design this that something that say for example could have cost 50 million of taxpayers money we actually spend like 100 million and that's 50 million extra that could have gone to a hospital a school or or something you know for for the development of the youth or society and being able to see himself fitting in that bigger picture of contribution to the country has been something that's useful for him and I think yeah. that is so cool to find your purpose like that. Wow. That just makes me think about this industry. Thank yeah. you. That is a great example. I had another one about a prostitute, but I didn't touch on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to edit that. <laughs> anyway, so the fourth the third element that is really important to develop grit is hope. And I like Sounds this a bit word. like sunshine and daisies. <laughs> but but stay I with love us. this word because in reality is I see hope and I think of hope as the light at the end of the tunnel, as that little thing that makes us, <clears throat> as that little thing that makes us just accept that the good the bad times 
are temporary. You know, like, I like that. We, ha- you, you, we have to have hope and yeah. understand that things go south and yeah. we have to value those downs to be able to go up. So I guess what I'm trying to say is hope teaches us that failure is a necessary part in our life and that without failing, we would not be able to be successful. And I think instead of seeing failure as this, oh my God, I effed up and I can't do anything and going into a negative spiral, see failure as like, okay, I thought I knew that. I don't. And therefore I have to develop a system to learn this um, and just get back on it, you know, and continue to become competent. Is there a time, and I don't know if this gets too personal, where you've had to rely on on hope to get you through a setback? Yes. Um, The one that comes to mind right now, I think, is with my visa stuff. Like, I remember that I had so many obstacles. um, And, like, I think back in 2018, I got the application rejected. And I was like, what? I've only done, like, good things for this. And it was only just... a day. (laughs) Literally. And contributing to the development of the economy of this country. (laughs) (laughs) So true. I mean, we laugh, but I, like that's a different problem. Yeah. And I think I think what really helped me go through that was hoping that the process of appealing that rejection was mm. gonna go well, and that I did I I did my part in obtaining this visa. I guess. So yes, I could think about that. I mean, there's so many, we could just like keep talking about <laughs> the moments where I felt like hope was the only thing that held. <laughs> held the thread back, holding I everything guess. together. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not just, and I, I don't want everyone to take this as like us telling them that we hope they are positive when things are not going the way you thought. Because especially toxic like if you positivism have like a toxic, yeah, yeah, exactly. is such a bad thing and instead of helping you move forwards i feel like it it just helps your body to to just like keep the stress in your system instead of releasing it does that make sense (laughs) and also it helps you stay in situations which you should have left a long time ago so we're not really talking about that but we're just saying if you're working towards a goal or trying to learn something and maybe things didn't go quite right or the job you thought was going to be your dream job didn't end up being that way it's okay you know you can be hopeful that opportunity or skill set will still happen it will come because you're working on it you're actively working on it Yeah, yeah that's right I had a conversation about this specific subject with a friend of mine and she was saying that she's personally not religious and Mm. she didn't like that approach about religious people saying how they thought that it was because something else was meant to happen she said she and the reason why she said that was because i'm constantly working on things Mm. like i create the opportunities sort of thing Mm. and that is true 
It's mm-hmm. not that, again, you're waiting, sitting down for something good to happen again. It's yeah. you are cons- putting the hard work for that to yeah. happen in the future. Because unfortunately in some uh, societies, maybe this is where it com- it's coming from and I can't speak on her behalf, but I'm trying to. <laughs> so <laughs> we can see it like almost being used as a cop-out because when mm-hmm. some things mm-hmm. don't work, then like, oh, it was just destined to be this way. My life was just destined to be subpar of whatever I imagined it to be. Whereas that's like not a very um, ball is in your court way to go about things. Yeah, it's like yeah. where is your accountability at of responsibility? Yeah. Um, so we kind of get okay. that. Last but not least, not and in the most any important way, least, one that I exactly. feel like it resonates with me every fucking day. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we're not editing that out either. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's... is the T word time the most important? <laughs> <laughs> could have been target, could have been anything, but chick chose tampon. This is fine. <laughs> you see what I'm dealing with? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> time, time, time. Yeah. Success is not an overnight story. So I think I'd read a quote and I think it was a Nike store because, you know, Nike store is just so good at quotes. Um, It was Fedra. No, 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 no. I think it was someone who versed Fedra. I forget who. But he essentially was saying, I trained 17 years. No, no, like a young guy. I don't know. Sorry, I forget. But he said, I trained 17 years to become an overnight success. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, this guy's an overnight success. Like, it took years of fucking grit at the end of the day to get to that point. You know, it takes dedicated practice over a long period of time. Like, it's not a short sprint. You're not going to get there in 100 meters. This is long-term marathon, 20-year sort of thinking. Instead of getting frustrated because things aren't going the way you wanted them. Yeah. Or because you thought that your career had to be linear or anything that you did had to be linear. Welcome to real life. <laughs> Things go in spirals. <laughs> and it doesn't really make sense until you're on the other side. Because <laughs> there's this quote that says that life can be understood backwards, I think. Live backwards. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> cool. no, I like that. I like that. I think life I sort of get it. can only be understood backwards. Yeah. That is so sick. But it must be lived forwards. Sorry. That's so deep. We could almost leave on that note. But we hate it, and I speak for both of us, but I really just speak for myself, is when people teach you these new concepts and they give you the most abstract shit, you know, like how to know how to apply it. I hate that shit, you know? I was saying the yes word a lot. Yes, yes. I agree. We don't intend to do that. We intend to talk about how grit can actually be cultivated from a small age because Angela Duckworth talks a lot about it in the book. And do pick it up if anyone's interested. It is such a good read. So essentially, um, anyone even looking to start, you know, becoming greedy now or looking to develop it in their children because, you know, we're hoping, you know, there are people looking to create future STEM fans or STEM people um oh already are dealing with the little creatures yeah exactly so uh, there's a very very increasing body of research that's come out that extracurriculars and being involved in extracurriculars for a long time is very very important so now when we mean long time we mean a season or a year you know and um angela's got this rule in her house where um everyone has to stick to one hobby for at least one year and they get to pick whatever hobby So you get to cultivate autonomy and making your own decisions and learning from your bad decisions into the child as well. But it is very important that they um, pick up 
something outside of coursework for an extended period of time because um, a lot of universities, I think Ivy League universities actually look at um, extracurriculars that people have stuck onto for more than two years because that teaches yeah. them that this person has, you know, learned how to stick with something, has learned um, key skills like teamwork, community, soft skills that you only get in something when you stay for a long time, mm. you know, and that's that's essentially a huge, huge, huge part of building grit. Um, so, the flip side of this, and if we can quickly touch on, is that unfortunately, in lower socioeconomic areas, the first things to get cut is extracurriculars. So essentially, we're widening the gap between future success because we're not enabling lower socioeconomic um, schools to create gritty children who will later on go and become successful in life. Which is actually really sad because yeah. we can say that the rich become richer and the poorer. <laughs> poorer. If only through the basic yeah. skill set that we allow them to encourage at school. So when we go back to engineering, saving taxpayers money, it is useful because <laughs> we can allow more kids to have music Access after school. Access to education. Or, Shit, man. Yeah. yeah. Activities. Yeah, Crazy. So I now, after that really intense end, because it's something like that we have to think about Um, because I feel like we can all sort of like reduce the gap either by sharing things or by volunteering. Um, Food for thought. I'm not going to open that box. But I wanted to talk about how greed and grow mindset are related because we are talking about how to develop and how to cultivate this, right? So in a grow mindset, people believe that the most basic abilities can be developed through the education, yeah. which we talked about in the in, in the start and hard work. Yeah. So yeah, I really like um, growth mindset. It is essentially, I guess, the first point of the great episode that we yeah. went through. So anyway. And I think in summary, because we are summarizing now, right? Yes. Yeah. I think what we'd love to leave you guys with is a cool like questionnaire that Angela's developed. And she used this not only in the army barracks um west point i think army barracks it was that where she started her studies on grit uh, but also for like young students in spelling bees and so many other industries to basically to predict who would become successful and stick with things long term and got like a huge amount of accuracy in predicting these things where back in the day uh no psychologist was able to tell literally like it was absolutely insane so it's called the grit scale and we'll ask each other these questions we're not going to do the math at the end because I won't do you like that. <laughs> but essentially, if you guys could ask, you know, yourselves and people around you the same things, it's a great starting point and you can score yourself and see in a year's time if you've gotten more gritty or not. Mm-hmm. Right? See. Okay. So the first question. So. New ideas. Oh, so basically you're scoring yourself from five categories. So just basically from very much like me, mostly like me, somewhat like me, not much like me, or not like me at all. Right? Okay. So first question. New ideas and projects sometimes distract me from previous ones. No? <laughs> um, not much like me. That's pretty I good. I said that today, yeah. but I could change my, my <laughs> view tomorrow. No, no but I think generically speaking from what I know you, that's that's pretty true. What and I think you? before it used to be mostly like me, but nowadays, since the past few years, I think that is because becoming more Because the word of the year is focus. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I've noticed that it's become, you know, more towards not much like me. 
I like to awesome. finish something before I move on to the next thing. And I, I agree with that. So the second one is setbacks don't discourage me. I don't give up easily. And that's very much like me. I think so what too. about you, so Yeah, I think very much like me as well. Okay, and the third one is, sorry, I'm going to say this one too. Do it. <laughs> I often set a goal, but later choose to pursue a different one. I think with goals, I'm pretty determined. Mm. Um, but I'm going to say somewhat like me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly like me. Really? Like you set things and then later on you're just like, I, I don't want to do this one. I do a different one. Oh, sorry. I d- no, not much like me. <laughs> that sounds like she said she's determined and then she's like, no, I'm not determined. I was like, what the hell? Sorry. sorry. <laughs> My okay. Oh. What about you? Yeah, I'd say not much like me as well. Yeah. Okay, good. I am a hard worker is number four. That is the question, not a statement. Yeah. With. Most likely, like most like mostly like me. Yeah, I'd say mostly like me. Even in some instances where I should have been a smart worker, I was mostly a hard worker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great differentiation. <laughs> I have difficulty maintaining my focus on projects that take me more than a few months to complete. Sometimes it happens because yeah. of the fact that I don't feel motivated or I get bored. It depends what we're talking about, though. That as well. I feel like the nature of our works can get really discouraging in the sense of civil engineering things. Yeah, because detailed so, design is not the most riveting. Yeah, so I'm going to say somewhat like me. Yeah. Um, extended. I, I guess it's a hard one. Like if you're looking at like something from the aspect of like fitness journey, not much like me at all, you know? Like, oh, yeah. It takes way more time. I'm perfectly fine. But um, something like you said, work. And I, I've kind of narrowed it down to this thing where I know as a skill set, I didn't really develop my completer finisher skills growing up. So that's something I'm working on right now. And therefore, yes, I'd say like somewhat or maybe mostly like me, if something is taking a very long time, I do have difficulty maintaining focus because crossing the T's and dotting the I's is not my skill set right now. Love, the vulnerability, and the honesty. I finish whatever I begin. Oh, like if we go and reflect on my career, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think like the bachelor that I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't finished it. <laughs> and I started it ages ago. But, no, but that was like visa stuff. That was not you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, shit. <laughs> mostly like me yeah my interests change from year to year um somewhat maybe somewhat yeah because i feel like we're constantly changing certain things about ourselves but like values but mostly no yeah or even the fact that you know we've been in engineering for like three four years now at least (laughs) six this is my sixth yeah. year. <laughs> my fourth or <your> sixth. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. I'm crazy. diligent. I never give up. Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't say I'd give up. Um, I definitely have to defer to sometimes someone else to help me out or something. Or if something is completely hopeless, then I think I would probably give up. So I'd say mostly like me. Mostly. Uh, yeah. Okay, I agree with you. Yeah. Also, I have like. A bone to pick with the word I never give up mm. because 
it doesn't matter sometimes you have to give up <laughs> you have to give up the job that is not exactly, making you happy yeah. you have to give up the relationship that is not functional so yeah or even just sometimes like time bound you can't you know something was so urgent that you you could only complete it to x um, x degree of satisfaction yeah this sort of what i'm looking at yeah mm. i don't give mm. up though i don't think okay Anyway, I have yes. been obsessed with a certain idea or project for a short time, but later lost interest. I think this is pretty similar to the one about, but mm. um, I think sometimes that can happen. So I'd somewhat say somewhat like me, like somewhat mm. like me. Yeah, so that does happen. I have overcome setbacks to conquer an important challenge. Mostly like me. What sort of setbacks? I'm somehow drawing blanks on setbacks. Yeah, I'd say so. I've, yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's say mostly like me, mostly like somewhat like me. Let's just say somewhat for now. <laughs> we'll come back to this. And that's it. That's all the 10 questions. Yay! <laughs> what an interactive podcast episode we had today, guys. We'll drop a link to this grit scale for anyone who's interested in scoring themselves. Yeah. And you can get a in score in the project and- description. Yes. A project, no, sorry, episode <laughs> source. <laughs> and even on the in our bio, maybe when we put it up on. Yes, that's right. Thank you so much for your constant support and for making it until the last minute of this episode. Yes, thank you Um, so much for everything that you do to help promote this podcast. We uh, We appreciate it. Yeah, appreciative of all our listeners and we will see you next time. Yeah, see you later, alligators. (laughs) Bye-bye.